So you're walking around the health food section at your local grocery store. You see protein powder and meal replacements and pre-workouts and all sorts of fun things. But one thing you realize that's common amongst all of these items is probiotics. And on every package it seems, they all have their own unique ways of saying, this has probiotics in it. But you ask yourself, well I don't really know what probiotics are. But because you listen to the science behind that, you shoot an email to Atticus at thesciencebt at gmail.com and ask him, Atticus, what are probiotics? So ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about the science behind probiotics. Welcome to the science behind that with Atticus Hamilton. Hello everybody and welcome on back to the science behind that podcast. I'm your host, Atticus Hamilton, and before we get started, ladies and gentlemen, as always, I will invite you guys to go grab yourselves a nice steaming hot cup of coffee and join me back here in less than a minute for the beginning of the science behind that episode six. So welcome back, everybody. I hope you guys have a nice steaming hot cup of coffee in your hands. I know I do. It's a nice uh, medium roast here. It's from my favorite brand, Ardvig Nordquist, uh, which is a Swedish coffee. Fantastic. Any of you ever get the chance to have some, I definitely recommend it. So what are probiotics then? Well, in the most basic sense, probiotics are cultures of bacteria that you ingest to fill a specific purpose now that purpose could be um just for health you know get it just be healthier it could be for weight loss it could be for heart health it could be for a variety of things and in a little bit here we're going to discuss why probiotics do all these things that they do because Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, they actually do many, many things. Our gut microbiome influences everything up to our personality. So what are some of the most common organisms then in probiotics? Uh, Lactobacillus, bifidobacter, lactobacillus acidophilius, uh, streptococcus thermophilius, uh, and that's just to name a few. I mean, there are dozens. I'm just scrolling through the list here. There are dozens of different organisms that are uh, used in probiotic uh, foods or consumables. And so a lot of times you'll find like probiotics in yogurt. Now, yogurt is generally going to be made with lactobacillus species uh, and so it's going to contain a lot of lactobacillus species along with lactobacillus acidophilicus. And that's just because of how yogurt is made. Basically, yogurt is made by partially fermenting uh, milk and you get yogurt. It's, it's a lot more complex than that, but in the basic sense, that's what's happening. So considering that then, uh, what... Why do, you know, we put probiotics in these things? Well, the most basic answer is that probiotics are really beneficial for our gut health. 
So, um, there are more bacterial cells in the human body than there are human cells. There's around 100 trillion bacterial cells in the human body compared to only around 1 trillion human cells. And for a very long time, we as scientists didn't really um, understand what the full impact of uh, our microbiome was. We really didn't understand it. We didn't understand why it's so important. We didn't understand why there's so many more bacteria in our gut than uh, uh, human cells. And for a long time, that was something that was just kind of mysterious and everybody kind of ignored the microbiome. But or in the early 2000s, you kind of had the big emergence of Clostridium difficile. And in case you guys don't know, Clostridium difficile is a bacteria in the genus Clostridium uh, species difficile. And it is a really nasty infection uh, or a really nasty bacteria that causes just a brutal gastrointestinal uh, infection. But for some reason, around 3% of the population just carries Clostridium difficile naturally as a part of their gut microbiota. And they never get sick from it. And so in the early 2000s, this kind of spurred on the research into the human microbiome to try and figure out what these organisms are doing both for us and to us. And since that time, we've learned a lot about the human microbiome and the human gut in particular. So one thing we learned about the gut that I think a lot of people don't realize is there's essentially a second brain in the gut. So, sorry, I had to take a sip of coffee there. So, the second brain is um, nervous tissue. It's actually the second largest accumulation of nervous system tissue, of neurons in the body, next to the brain. And this nervous tissue, we didn't really know what it did, and we still don't really know what it does. But what we do know is that the human microbiome in the intestines has influence over the endocrinology of the neurotransmitters that these neurons uh, emit. And so what has been discovered is that the microbiome has at least some influence on our personality because depending on the microflora we have in our stomach that kind of dictates what metabolites what bacterial metabolites these organisms are producing and those bacterial metabolites can directly bind to these gut to this gut associated neuronal complex and stimulate the release of specific neurotransmitters and not only can they stimulate the release of neurotransmitters, but the metabolite products of some bacteria, such as a bacteria called Christensenella minuta and Acromensia mucinophilia, these two organisms produce metabolites that have demonstrated 
um, increasing metabolism. So basically, individuals who have a microbiome that is composed of a large percentage of these two organisms are more likely to have a much faster metabolism. Now, in addition to that, there's also other microbes that decrease human metabolism. And so the long the, the big question, I guess, that ends up being raised is why do these microbes do this? And in all honesty, we don't really know. Because just like with those two microbes that increase metabolism, there's microbes that decrease metabolism. There's also microbes that increase our growth rate. Actually, it's been demonstrated in numerous studies that our microbiomes until we reach the age of around 25 to 28 produce metabolite products that speed up our growth. So we grow faster. But then once we reach 28, those same microbes switch to be get, to begin producing metabolite products that um, increase cellular senescence or aging. So back to probiotics then. So we know that the gut microbiome has influences over this broad range of effects. But something that the gut microbiome is really important for is gut health and immunologic function. Now, for some reason, individuals with really healthy gut microflora tend to not show allergies and tend to have much more uh, efficient and healthy immune systems. Now, the reason for this is really poorly understood. A lot of people theorize that maybe it's because this gut microbiome helps keep the immune system occupied or helps train the immune system. But probably the most accepted explanation here is that the gut, that an individual who has a healthy gut microbiome is able to outcompete pathogenic bacteria for space. So if you have a patient, let's say, who ingests food that's contaminated with Clostridium difficile, but that patient has a really, really robust micro, uh, internal microbiome, Clostridium difficile, that bacteria, probably isn't going to be able to take hold because the patient's gut is going to be dominated by these healthy gut bacteria. Um, and so because of it, that patient won't develop Clostridium difficile or C. diff. But if you had a patient who had a really unhealthy microbiome, uh, gut microbiome, then maybe they would develop C. diff. So what do probiotics do? Well, the most obvious effect is they help restore health to our gut microbiome. And the way they do that is simply by providing cultures of good bacteria, lactobacillus, uh, streptococcus uh, thermophilicus, uh, Christian, Christian celli minutae. All of these bacteria are really important for our gut health, and probiotics will replenish these bacteria and ensure that our guts have a robust community of microorganisms because these microorganisms, you could essentially think of them as deterrents to um, pathogenic bacteria. So where does this leave us then? 
because depending on what probiotics you could take, you could either gain weight or you could lose weight depending on what organisms are composing those probiotics. You could also um, kind of give a buff, a permanent buff to your immune system by repopulating your gut with healthy uh, and, and immunologically important gut microbes. And you could also, inf- theoretically, you could also influence your personality based on what microbes you uh, ingest. So where does this leave us? Well, what this means is that, one, probiotics are good and everybody needs to make sure that they get some type of probiotics in their life. Me, I like uh, yogurt. I like uh, plain yogurt mixed in with some strawberries and raspberries and blueberries. Oof! That is so good. That is so good. But we all need to make sure that we get um, enough probiotics in our life because probiotics are vital for human health. And so other than this, you know, there's, there's still a lot we don't know about the microbiome. There's a lot we don't know about it. We don't know um, really how these microbes influence our personality, but we do. Uh, we only have a vague understanding of how they influence our health. Here's a beautiful case study for you guys. So it has been demonstrated in um, numerous experiments that let's say you have two roommates. If one roommate is a couch potato, but the other roommate is like a fantastic athlete, believe it or not, your microbiome will begin to equalize with that of the people around you. So the roommate who's a couch potato may find that he or she ends up losing weight even without doing any exercise because they're living with this athlete, their microbiomes are changing. And for those of you who don't believe me on that, it is an actual thing. There's a uh, NCBI paper about that very thing called gut microbiota metabolism and interaction with food. And if you guys are interested in this, you can just look up how my microbiome changes with other people around me and you'll find article after article paper after paper about it because for some reason our gut microbiome tends to equalize or synchronize with the microbiome of the people that we spend the most time with so you know if if you're with your your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your husband or your wife and you know you two live very differently i'm sure that at some point in your life you found that from a physical perspective you started to synchronize with one another and that is probably because of at least in in part because of our microbiomes changing so where does this leave us again you know we have a lot more research to do we don't really understand how that process works and there's a lot about the human microbiome that we don't understand at all. Um, so for those of you out there who listen to this podcast who are 18 or 19 or just going into college, because I know that there are a lot of you out there, you know, this may be an area of science that you want to look into. And I know I'm, I'm biased since I am a microbiology dude, but uh, this may be an area of science, science that you might want to look into. Because it's an exciting new field of medicine. Because by using our microbiomes to our advantage, 
we could potentially treat infections in an entirely new way than what was ever thought possible in the past. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to today's episode of the science behind that. I will see you guys all on Monday. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And remember, as always, stand up and question everything.